It's the Exit 52 podcast back for another week. And fellas, I mean, Baltimore sports is buzzing right now. Lamar Jackson is resigned. The Orioles are rolling. The sports Center put out a tweet the day that Lamar resigned that was like, Baltimore sports on a roll. Orioles playing well. Lamar resigned. Then it was like, Angel Reese wins a national title. And Gervonta Davis knocks out Ryan Garcia. What a month for Baltimore sports. We will focus on two of those topics on this show, gents. And I'm going to start us. Let's get right into it. I'm going to start with the Orioles. And Eric, you put the tweet out earlier today. You and I went on the show two weeks ago. We recorded on a Monday, just a little Oriole or last, whatever it was last week. We did a little Orioles talk and we commented that our prediction that they could go like 15 and six in the 21 game stretch, that they were kind of pacing that direction. And obviously, uh, you know, that remaining week would kind of tell the tale of whether they were going to get there. You tweeted today, 14 and four, since we said they needed to be 15 and six. We almost undersold them, and I still feel really good about the 15 and six prediction. Like that felt really spot on, and they have played even better than that. They've moved into the top five of your, your various power rankings. They have one of the best records in the bigs. Um, they have really done exactly what they needed to do against the schedule, and uh, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, and and again, we 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 harped on it time and time again, being like, these are the games you have to win. These are the games you have to win. They're winning all the games, which again is is great. They're not blowing out like just one night. I would just like a night where I'm not like fully pitched in the eighth or the ninth inning and just like I want to let my hair down and breathe and be able to like mess around during the last couple innings. Like that hasn't been the case really um in in a couple of games but again they're winning i don't care how they're winning they're winning games sometimes it's with pitching sometimes it's with offense sometimes it's with a little both um so it, it's it's been really fun to watch and you know like we said we i think we were texting about it being like I, we said 15 and 6 and like they made way better than that and and like we said 14 and 4 is, is i mean that's a really good mark i think they've won like what is it? It's like it's like seven of nine and and thirteen of fifteen. And you know, there's all those those crazy stats. And yeah, I mean, as of right now on Monday night, you know, do have the night off. Um, nineteen and nine. I tweeted it yesterday. Could you imagine? It, I mean, it, it's it, it's a weird world where we live in. Where at the end of April, the Orioles are ten games over five hundred, and the Yankees are in last place. Like nobody would have thought that was the case. Again, a month ago, three weeks ago, it's just. They're they're playing really good baseball. Um, again, they the second most wins in the AL. They're again nineteen and nine. Tampa is still. I mean, Tampa is twenty three and six. Orioles are only three and a half behind them. Um, I saw someone someone had tweeted a couple of days ago. Like, you know, the Orioles had won ten of twelve or ten of eleven games, and they'd only gained like a half game on the Rays. And it's just like, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, the Rays are just that good. They started out that hot, but again, Toronto they lost tonight. They're eighteen and eleven. Boston 16 and 14. The Yankees are 15 and 15 down there. Tough, tough loss for them tonight. Uh, the, the Guardians had one hit going into the ninth and they ended up winning. But again, I mean, all these other teams, you know, Texas has 17 wins, Minnesota 17 wins, but the Orioles at 19 and 9. Um, they've just been really fun to watch. And, and like I said, they're doing it for guys that we didn't see the first couple. You know, it's it's not with the usual guys. Adley still. Cole, he's you know he hasn't hit a home run in a while. Mountcastle just had his first RBI in over two weeks. Uh, Tony Taters is you know just super super cold. Um, but again, Jorge Mateo is is getting his own you know segments on MLB Network talking about what a freak he is and how he turned it around. 
Um, and again, you know, now we have Mayor Camo out of the bullpen who nobody really knew two weeks ago. Now he's the best thing in baseball. You know, he, no one's getting a hit against him. He's striking out everyone. It's it, it's a really good time to be an Orioles fan. Like you said, they get three out of four. Um, Grayson has just absolutely turned it on and turned into a monster, like the guy that we thought he was going to be. Just so much fun to watch now. So, yeah, it's, it's they're playing well. This month coming up, May is going to be tough. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where they land after this month because we start out with three at the Royals, then we're three at the Braves, home versus Tampa, home versus Pittsburgh, the two better teams record-wise in baseball, four against your Angels and Mike Trout, three in, in Toronto, three in New York, three at home versus Texas, and then three versus the Guardians. So that's a lot. I think I was like a 58% winning percentage for teams that the Orioles play in May. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be kind of fun to see, you know, how they stack up with those guys. Um, but it's going to be a challenge. So I wouldn't, if they're still 10 games up after May, I, I mean, go to the, go, go to whatever betting, you know, Avenue outlet you do and, and place a lot of money on them. Because I think if they're still rolling and, and they're going to be something special, but May is going to be tough. But again, I think it's going to be a good challenge for them and uh, we'll see kind of where they stack up. Banks, what are your thoughts on this team? We haven't had you chat Orioles in a bit, so give us give us some give us some perspective as, you, as you've kind of watched over the last two and a half weeks. Uh, I mean, I got to pat myself on the back too. Uh, you guys recorded that episode where you made your little record predictions, and I I got woke up in the morning, hadn't gotten a chance to listen yet, and I dished. I was just eyeballing the schedule myself, and I was like, "Hey, boys, like we could we could finish April eighteen and ten or so. We could be in in good shape. We get the Royals right after that." I love the way our schedule's laid out here and we, we beat it. We went 19, we finished 19 and nine. So, I mean, I'm excited to, to, for them to come out here and just kind of do their job. Obviously all the, uh, the handicappers and, and the fan graphs and all those, uh, Pakoda rankings, whatever, predicting us to, to land around 77, 78 wins, whatever, to have a regression. It's great to come out of the gate here hot and just kind of, pick up where we left off last season or at least like you know the middle of last season when we had everything going on all cylinders in july and august and um we're just kind of tcob right now it's it's what you love to see and and i think what i like most is that we're we're pretty dang healthy right now going into this these these crucial games that we're going to have here in may that um, you know, we, we could potentially give a lot of these games right back or we could really position ourselves in a great spot I mean, this for a May series, like this Rays series coming up is the biggest series we've had in May in, you know, six, seven years. I, I can't single any one of them out. And there's, you know, good chance that in a, a year or two, I won't necessarily remember this Rays series, but these games matter. You know, it, it's, it's like we said early on in the season, like, hey, the, they've got the O's game on at the bar, and it's like appointment television. And I think that's just continues to be just the most exciting part of it for me. And we're getting all these great contributions out of the bullpen, just kind of running it back from last year in that sense, where we're just finding diamonds in the rough and and grinding it through. You know, starting pitching is hasn't been stellar, but hasn't necessarily shot us in the foot enough and the guys are just grinding and coming up with key hits. That's what you want to see out of a young ball club. Yeah. You guys are spot on. I think with both of those, the, the only, you know, you look at this upcoming schedule and 
I think part of the reason we were hopeful that they would do a lot in April is because of what was coming in May. And you've now given yourself a little bit of leeway to, you know, lose some games. Like if you go to Atlanta and you, you know, lose two out of three, those games don't feel as bad as if you'd, you know, blown a couple games in Detroit or, or struggled in some of these home series that they, they needed to win. Um, so that's the good part of it. Breaking down the team individually, you guys touched on a lot of it. I mean, Unicorno is an amazing story. I mean, it's it's incredible that they've done this now the last few years where they have just picked these guys out of obscurity and um, they've emerged. Um, and Cano emerged at a time where they really didn't have a bullpen stopper before they got to the mountain. And now they have that guy. Um, and it's take, I think it's taken the pressure off of some of these other guys and, and you started to see the bullpen really come back into form. The one guy I want to mention, and we – in the in our Orioles talk the last three or four weeks, this guy hasn't really gotten talked about, which is kind of amazing considering he's all everybody ever wants to talk about. Is Ali Rushman is just quietly, you know, stayed above three two ninety the entire year. He's he's on base is four oh nine. You know, he maybe the slugging could be a little higher, but this guy is an everyday catcher in his you know his second year in the league. We're just taking this like. Not that we're taking it for granted because it's amazing, but we don't even like we're trying to find anybody else to talk about, right? It's like, look at Jorge and and look at this, you know, stretch of Ryan Mountcastle. Look at Austin Hayes and why can't God like Ali's just steady as she goes in his second year in the league, and there's just no that's he just made that regular. Like we don't even need to freak out about it anymore because like this is who he is, and if this is like just who mm-hmm. he is now, I mean, what's he gonna be in two three years when he really <laughs> hits his prime? Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and, and obviously the extension part comes up every single time, but in like a vacuum, <laughs> this guy is just a big time. He's exactly what we thought he was going to be. Like, there's just no worries. You know, obviously you, you got it for a lot of last year and you hope that's what continues to happen, but he just started this year. And he's just been that guy. He's great behind the plate. You know, he, you can't credit all of the pitching success without including your catcher. He's done a great job obviously. Um, I'm just so impressed by how I'm impressed by how little we talk about him because that's more impressive than if we're like, Oh, what a game by Ali. Like early, obviously we did the, 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 the walk off the opening day performance, some of those different things, but he is just the straw that shares the drink on this team in such a variety of ways. And that's exactly what you want from your superstar. Um, and it allows the guys like Mateo and Hayes and, and you know to emerge around them, and now we wait to see. And what they're going to need to beat these these teams at the upper echelon is you're going to need your Gunnar Hendersons to to emerge. You're going to need your Tony Taters to get out of the funk. That's going to be the difference between them, you know, beating the bad teams and kind of challenging for a wild card at the end of the year and like kind of being in that contention, or that you really feel like you can challenge for an AL East title. Is you need those guys to now start to hit. Um, and kind of make your your offense even scarier. But I just had to point that out about Adley because, you know, I always pull up the roster and, and sort of like, you know, take in everybody. You know, you follow it every day, but you kind of take it in right before we start. I'm like, I mean, these Adley stats have just stayed exactly the same. Like all of it has stayed the same for the entire year. He is just the guy. So he's been super impressive. And you touched on Grace and RDT. I have to, you know, we're doing a lot of patting ourselves on the back here. We said not to worry. We said not to worry about the first innings. We said to give him a little bit of time. And he, you know, there will be other struggles. He's a major league pitcher. There will a young major league pitcher. There will be bad games. Those are going to happen. But you're seeing why everyone thought he was going to be that special and why, you know, 
you guys have had the, the pleasure of talking to him. Only I've only had him on the pod, but even when he, you see like the confidence that radiates when we talk to him about all of the things we talked to him about on the show. I was like, this guy has, there's the moxie is there. Like it's, and it's authentic because you tell how authentic the kid is. Like I'm very impressed by him. This podcast loves him. And I love that he is experienced. He didn't have to go through too many struggles to start to experience success. And like I said, he will come out at some point and give up six in the first and get pulled early. And that, that will happen. I mean, that happens to everybody at a certain point, but him emerging as a consistent, you know, part of this rotation is one of the things we thought could help take them to a different level this year. And that seems like it's happening. So um, that's a really big deal. They're very fun to watch. And I'm fired up. I will be at some of these Rays games. I cannot wait. Um, it's going to be very, very fun. Um, and uh, I, I, like you said, Banks, it's fun to have kind of like an early season meaningful series, like kind of like – and this Rays team has played incredible and – and deserves all of the plaudits. And it's fun to have them as a little bit of a measuring stick early in the year in your own division. Be like, all right. What I love is that the rest of baseball next week is going to have to look at Orioles Rays as the premier series of the week as they, you know, have low payrolls and trot out a, a bunch of guys that the general baseball fan probably doesn't know. The Rays have some guys that have emerged, obviously, as stars. And, and Adley is a known quantity at this point. But it's it's very, very fun to me. And then Orioles Pirates right after. Again, the second best record-wise in baseball. And yep. someone pointed out the three of the bottom four payrolls in baseball, the Rays, the Orioles, and the Pirates are all the three best record-wise teams. And then you have Oakland down there with, with six wins. But that's that's kind of besides the point. But I'm t- the, the KR should be absolutely packed for those. Not only the Rays game, the Pirates games too. Though I would fully expect – well over 20k again I, I think that could be a really cool atmosphere um j- just some nice you know weekend i think the race series is during the week um try and set something up and get get a lot of people out there but yeah that, that's those are some massive massive uh series coming up and we also i didn't we haven't talked about him and he's not getting talked about much other wells is an absolute fucking dog the dude is a monster i think he's leading al qualified starters in whip right now He's just – he's turned into a really, really good pitcher, and he's got to be one of the better Rule 5 picks. Um, not only that the Orioles have made in a while, but just baseball, like Rule 5 picks in general. I mean, he, he's been really, really good for them this year. And and it's it's funny that it came down to, well, who's going to get the last rotation spot? Is it going to be Grayson or is it going to be Tyler? And now both of them are in the rotation, and they're both absolutely shoving. So it's it's funny how how that worked out after a couple of days of people you know bitching and crying myself included about Wells making it over Grayson. So that's that's crow that I will be very happy to eat that they're both in there uh, performing well now. Yeah, and if they can figure out a way to get Dean Kramer just to take like a half step up, it's <sighs> it's a rotation that starts to fit. yeah because the frustrations there is at times it looks good and then at times. Yeah. It looks it looks good after he gives up a three run home run. Yeah. And then he gets yeah. picked off and he starts striking everybody out and he's like huff puff on the mound. And it's just like I wish we could get that without the four run inning that comes from that. Like it, it's like he has to get pissed off for him to pitch well. And like I like the guy. I want him to do well, obviously. But it's like, man, it's getting hard because again, it's it's one inning a, a start of for him, except for that Nat series where he just kind of blows up and you know, guys are getting hard contact, and then there's a home run, and then again he strikes out six of his next seven. But you're like, where where was this before the ball? Like, you don't need a ball to go 440 feet off you to to kind of kick it up a notch. So yeah, I mean, if 
if Dean can get it under control, you know, good. If not, you know, we saw I come up um, in the in the doubleheader this weekend, DL Hall, who just absolutely came on came on fire and just struck out everyone. Like the fact that we got, I think it was seven Ks out of him in like three innings. You know, his count was a little up. Same thing with Grayson, but I mean, again, that was I thought that was an awesome performance in game one. That doubleheader saved the bullpen for game two. So I'm, you know, I thought DL looked good. Again, it's not the best we've seen him, but I, I thought that was a great, you know, you know, appearance for him and, and has to kind of build some confidence. And the girls have to think, and I mean, if Kramer does this a couple more times, again, you got you got DL down there, you got Drew Rom, you got a couple of these guys, Val um Valamon, I think him is he's down there. Um, so there, there are some guys knocking on the door if Dean, if Dean isn't ready to, uh, to answer it. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they continue to fill out that rotation. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, you know, we thought this team could be very good. I think, I think the three of us, um, and our, and our colleagues were, um, maybe higher on it than as you talked about banks, you know, the metrics, but even, your, your normal like forecast for major league baseball season. And I'm happy that we've been proven right for the most part um, over the first half of the season. I mean, they have been um, as good as you could have wanted. And I, I hope that continues as you roll through the year. It's, it's very fun to have them um, being good as we've talked about many times. And, and now they have the prove it part of the schedule. Artie, you look like you have one more thought. I just, I, I, I went back and I obviously watching the Tigers series. Like they obviously, we're kind of in a position like the Orioles were a couple of years ago. And then they signed Baez and they've just absolutely fallen flat on their face. And it's funny because again, as Oriole fans, we can kind of laugh at them because again, if you go back and you look at the 2018 draft, Casey Mize, like a can't miss prospect um, at Auburn, I, Auburn, I believe, right Bank? Auburn. Auburn is right. Auburn is right. Yeah. yeah Casey Mize. Again, he was like, this guy is a horse. He's going to, he's going to make 35 starts a year. He's going to win 20 games for you, blah, blah, blah. He's good. He went number one in 18. Spencer Torkelson in 2020. Again, guy who beat Barry Bonds' freshman home run record at, at, at Arizona State. Like, guy's a proven hitter. He's just going to show up to the ballpark every day and hit. You know, he's going he's gonna to hit bombs. He's going to hit doubles. He's going to hit for average. He's going to hit for power. He's going to do it all. Casey been hurt forever. Spencer Torkelson absolutely stinks. He had some of the worst at-bats I've seen in a long time. Not just out of anyone, but like out of a 1-1 guy. And it's just funny because you look back, they had the Tigers had the number one pick two year, two out of three years, and they completely they just missed on the one year that they should have. Like that would make me sick if I was a Tiger fan, where you had their pick sandwiched around Adley and you were so close and just you missed out. And again, you ended up with Casey Mize and Torkelson. And that's not saying they won't both become good players, but again, it's just like it like that feels like something that used to happen to the Orb. That's like drafting a Matt Hobgood over Mike Trout. Or, you know, drafting uh, Brian Mattis, I think, before Buster Posey. It's just one of those, like, oh, man, you kind of just roll your eyes being like, oh, must be nice. And now it's it's the Tigers who are just like, well, fuck us, because again, we we got, got screwed. But they picked the one year, 2019, to not get the first pick. So and, to and to our credit, the picks around those first overall picks, like we've made great picks and they've picked early in second rounds and high in first rounds around those years too. And they mm -hmm. really have nothing to show for it. it the, the 2019 scouting. 100%. The 2019 the draft, if you, you look at their first four picks, Adley Rutschman, 
he sh- yes, a- a- and that's what everyone like. No one wants to give Elias credit for drafting him one one because he's a generational player, and they're like, yeah, he- of course he was going to go on. But drafting Gunner with that, I think the comp pick in the first round, and then Kyle Dowers and getting Joey Ortiz, who we saw come up. Like, I mean, those first four, those legit could be you know your four kind of cornerstones of the the you know the franchise for the next 10, 15 years going forward. Like they're all really good players. And the fact that they got them all in the same draft is like you said, just a testament to the scouting, to the development, to, to just a lot of that stuff. I mean, they, they really knocked that draft at the, um, out of the park. They also had like Maverick Hanley. who's a good, you know, he's a, he's a catcher, you know, catching depth in the minors. Um, Logan Gillespie, who we've seen this year and, and a couple other guys. It's just like that, that 2019 draft. If the Orioles go on to do some historic stuff in the next couple of years, can circle along with like the Ravens draft in 96 with, with Ogden and, and, um, and, you know, Ray Lewis just like, wow, this really helps set the tone for this, this team, the franchise going forward. So again, just your hat, hat off to them and just a hell of a, I mean, you look at it, not to go, not to go into a deep Tigers versus Orioles draft discussion, but you look at who the Orioles drafted around even, and this not, I think this is a credit to Michael Elias. In the Torkelson draft, they took Kershjad too. We haven't seen a ton of Kershjad, but it seems like it's going well. And then in the competitive balance round, they take Jordan Westberg, who we think is going to be a big leaguer soon rather than later. And they took Hudson Haskin in at pick 39, who I, you know, we haven't heard from. But in these same drafts, like Detroit takes. Riley Green, who's a big leaguer, but isn't anything unbelievable. I think he's like a 250 career hitter. He's fine. They took Parker Meadows um, right in, their, in their first round pick, one of those drafts. Uh, hasn't really done anything at all. They took Cody Clemens, uh, Roger's son from Texas Roger's in the second round at one point. He's not even in the organization anymore. He plays for the Phillies. Nick Quintana was a second round pick for him. Um, he, uh, in 2021, batted under 200 in single A and then got traded to the Reds. So, like, this is this is why Michael Elias should be getting all the plaudits. Like, you look at another team like the Tigers who have drafted high in all of those same drafts. And in, in those three ends, they have, like, Andre Lipschitz is playing for AAA Toledo to begin 2023. He's 24. Um, and then you have Torkelson, who, you know, Torkelson has just not been very good. Like, the Orioles just done an amazing job early in the rounds. Um, and when they, t- when they, t- when Casey Mize got taken, I know it, it was Grayson. I know that's not Elias. Grayson got taken 11th overall. So the Orioles draft luck is just because part of it is luck because Casey Mize was an unbelievable player. And Torkelson looked like this giant world beating power hitter in college. Sometimes you miss the Orioles just haven't missed that often lately. And that's what creates this type of organizational depth. You, yeah, we're you want to probably do the same funny. thing with the Royals this week too. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Um, you want to know something funny? I saw today someone tweeted and they said, People forget that the Oakland A's took Kyler Murray ahead of Grayson <laughs> in that draft. <laughs> and it's like, That's just that's just the A's being the A's. Like, it's yeah, it's just so, so funny. Cool. Can't waste first round picks like that. Guy was never playing big ball. Um, but yeah. speaking of the sport he does play, what a transition! Let's talk NFL draft. Um, the Baltimore Ravens finished up their draft on Saturday. If you want to go back and listen to our live takes. Did a live show Thursday night, which was so fun. Thank you to all the guests that jumped onto that. Um, that was a really, really fun four or five hours or whatever we did. Um, and then me and Spenny and Jake, Jake and Spenny for most of it, I jumped in near at the end, uh, did rounds two and three um, 
on Friday night. So let's go over this draft class as a whole. I think that the general consensus among your draft experts is this was a good draft by the Ravens. Um, at least Mr. Kuiper, who I looked at, who's the only draft expert I care about because he is a hall man. Um, so that's the only one we need to need to listen to. Um, I think we all liked the Zay Flowers pick on Thursday. I had another weapon of Lamar Jackson. Now you've got him. You've got Odell. You know, we were rolling off of that, you know, Lamar live show thinking that DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing, that a variety of things would go down. Those things didn't happen. I like their picks deep into the draft. I think the one position that people are now – well, the two storylines may be coming out besides Zay Flowers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Banks. I'll go to here in a second. Um, the pick, you know, the the Patrick Queen situation is is interesting considering what they, what they did in the draft, and they still look like they need something at corner. And the question is, um, is that Marcus Peters or is that another veteran? But I liked the draft for the most part. I think they added depth um, in positions where it made sense. They they did some BPA. Um, and I think Flowers is going to be a good fit for this offense. But, Wanks, when you look at the draft as a whole, what are your kind of initial few takeaways a couple days removed? Uh, well, it was a weird draft just given that we're used to having close to a dozen picks, and we only had six, including the gap there between the first and the third. Um, so, Zay Flowers, I mean, we, we talked a good amount about that. It's a, it's a good pick, and, like, it feels almost like we have too many receivers, but you have to remember Odell's just one year. And then a year from now, we're actually going to have a pretty awkward, like much like we are with queen right now, we're going to have a very interesting decision to make with Rashad Bateman regarding his fifth year option. So who knows how long Bateman's even in the mix for us um, at this point. So it's, you know, it, it seems as though he won't be able to make a, like a huge impact just by way of uh, just, there's not the, there's only one ball type of thing for Zay Flowers, but long term, like I think it's a great pick. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to be around here for a long time. Hopefully, Bateman has a strong season here and and you know forces our hand and makes us use that fifth year option and we we resign him and then we've got a great tandem um, between those two and and Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely for the long run. Um, the uh, the third round pick there, Simpson from Clemson. That's that's the one. That's the writing on the wall for Queen, so to speak. And I guess the news came today. We know that the the fifth year option's not happening. I think that was foregone at this point. The trade. It's it's tough to justify trading him unless you get anything better than a third or even a second round pick. And I don't know that anybody was willing to pay that for him, because you you play out this year for Queen. And you let them walk in free agency and you get a comp pick in 2025. So it's he's probably a third or fourth round value for that. So if you're just patient about it, you, you kind of have that trade already there on the horizon, so to speak. And you get a year more of him and the tandem with him and, and, and Roquan, we at least know that that's a pretty effective one. So I, it's as if like, we're just going to play it out and take our run at a championship here with Patrick queen for one year, let him walk. Um, and if things go sideways or if Simpson comes out of camp, you know, playing with his hair on fire, we can trade queen somewhere along the way. If we have to, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have. Um, rest of the draft. I mean, we got the corner, um, seems like a high floor, not a very high ceiling type of guy. Uh, I really like the trade back in with the Browns to get that, 
that uh, the guard from USC, I mean, he's a first team all American um, tore his ACL at the combine and still got under the bar and put up the most bench press and of anyone in the entire combine. I mean, that speaks to what kind of dog that guy is. So you don't expect to get anything out of a seventh rounder in year one, if at all. So we traded the sixth rounder from next year to get him. So in some ways he's like our sixth round pick that we just have in the building a year early, which is something you love to see. Yeah. Andrew Voorhees. I, I, I like that. If you're in the seventh round and you know, you're going to put him probably on IR anyway, like why not be that as opposed to a guy you'd probably just end up cutting at another position. Um, and not necessarily like you hope, you know, some of those guys in the seventh, sixth round will make your team or practice squad or whatever, but I don't mind taking the swing on a guy with a little more potential and not for any, the other only reason he's fallen is because of the injury. It's not like a character concern or whatever it is. So I, I also like that. And by all means, he was, he was tracking towards being a, a day two pick before the injury. So um, we've drafted guards in that type of round and had great success doing that. So he, he could very well be that next, I don't know, uh, Ben Powers or, um, you know, we've had numerous guards come in and play effectively in those middle rounds. So um, overall, like, yeah, not as many toys, so to speak, as we're used to probably seeing coming out of the draft. Uh, I know we took a kind of a d- developmental tackle, much like, Daniel Falele, I, I can never get the name there, uh, but <laughs> we just threw another guy in the mix there who's a project, and we'll see if he comes around. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 not the most exciting draft class, but I think everybody's okay with that. Um, you know, we got a couple guys that we know can make a little bit of an impact from the jump, and uh, we have our quarterback. So, you know, who's no? there's nobody is upset about anything out here. Except for one guy, actually, yeah, I can think about it, but whatever. Fraud. You you yeah, know you know time, what it is. Big time fraud. You know what it is. It's like it's like a family going away for like a big trip, like going on like a, a, a an international trip on Thanksgiving, and like, hey, Christmas is going to be a little light this year. You'll still get some stuff, but you're not going to get a full on Christmas. That that's what it was for the sure. Ravens, like. We went to England for Thanksgiving, and that's Lamar. And like you know, you'll you'll get you know you'll get a PlayStation game for Christmas and a couple other things. And again, you can't really complain because you're like, oh, well, London is sweet, or England is sweet, or whatever. So I I will say this too. I think that, I think that's like a super apt comparison by you, Eric. The one thing I say too, like I kind of loved the Ravens not having forty picks because every year when we have forty picks everyone talks themselves into every single guy, like being a pro bowler in two years. And now there's just less guys for people to do that with. Like, it's like, Oh my God, like what a steal in the sixth. God, the Ravens have done it again. I just don't need, I just need to win. Like, I don't need any more like, Oh my God, look, we've done it again at the bottom of the draft. Like we got the guy, the guy's going to get stashed. As you said, I'm not going to try to pronounce the six round pick out of Oregon's name. Ah, sure. Malasala. Alumbe Lalu, Lalulu. I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, could, could have done some preparation on that one, but he seems like a project. The, the kid from Stanford, the corner Kelly is the classic EDC pick a corner every year. So that's, that's your slot in there. Um, Tavius Robinson from Ole Miss also is just the EDC in the middle rounds. Take a, 
pass rusher. You hope becomes a good pass rusher or guy on the defensive line for depth. I actually, we talked about it on Friday. I love the Trenton Simpson pick. I can't say I watched him a little bit of Clemson when we're on the draft shows. I just let Spenny go and we had Colin as well. So I just let them go because they're, they're watching everything. And I almost feel like stupid, even giving my opinion when those guys are <laughs> prepared. But when you look at Simpson, huge pedigree as a five-star recruit played on a defense that was really good at Clemson and his measurables and how he runs, he is like the perfect inside linebacker for the modern NFL in terms of, in terms of his like speed and measurables, and you hope you know the instincts are there with it. And if he's just a cheaper replacement for Patrick Queen, unfortunately, you can't pay everybody, and it doesn't feel like they're going to be able to pay Queen anyway. So now you bring in this guy that slipped. I mean, Kuiper was like this this guy I had in the top thirty five on my board. You get that guy at eighty six, maybe even if he's like a half step below Queen, like that's pretty good if he's going to be on a rookie deal for four years in a window where you're trying to win now. Like that's a good that's to me. And everyone, because we were so focused on corner going into the pick, we were thinking corner, 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 got to take a corner, got to take a corner. And there are a lot of good corners on the board. But I think this, it's easier to find, I think it's easier probably to find a corner um, on the veteran market than a guy like this with this type of physical makeup. I think that, and that was my biggest takeaway in retrospect from those last few days. I really like that pick. Um, and uh, I hope that he kind of becomes that guy. Uh, and you feel a little bad for Patrick Queen because he's at this point hasn't done anything wrong. He gets better every year. He was very good last year. We were singing his praises by the end of the year. He next to Roquan, it really started to kind of click for him. And you would think this year now going into a contract year, he will have a great year. Um, And that'll probably be his last as a Raven, just based on the financials. Hopefully Simpson can kind of wait in the wings, play situationally and, and become the guy in the years after. Um, we shall see. So I think it was an interesting point you bring up about Bateman that I hadn't thought about. You know, if Bateman str- not AC even struggles, but even if he gets hurt again, you start to it, it becomes he get it gets kind of late early for him. Like yeah, exactly. It's already not a little a lot bit of, feeling that way. Yeah, like because you're not feeling like okay, let's extend this guy. I mean, the flashes have been there. But he hasn't been on the field. He's got to stay on the field this year. Um, really, not even just for his Ravens future. I mean, he's got to prove. He can get another contract. Not that he he'll he'll continue to catch on. He's got a he'll pedigree, yeah. but, but in terms of getting some sort of substantial money, um, you hope that he has a good year just for that sense of it. So, yeah, if anybody has something to prove this year, it's him as much as anyone. Him and PQ both. Um, yeah, and to your point about PQ and the linebacking situation, like Simpson is a great complement to Roquan. We know we have Roquan here long term. He's great you know, inside the box against the run and everything. And, and uh, if there's anything that he maybe doesn't do as well, it's in the past game, it's, you know, covering tight ends and getting sideline to sideline against some of the speedier guys in the, you know, in the slot. And that's, that's what Simpson does. So in, in that sense, like perfect compliment um, where you're kind of just envisioning Roquan Smith and, and him for the next four, four years, maybe who knows. And it's just like the perfect timeline where you bring him in and, you know, it, the saga with PQ is yet to be written. You know, who knows if he's actually on the team week one here? I think he will be, but um, whether he is or isn't, like we've set ourselves up well with a contingency one way or another. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm ex- and I, I watched a little more Simpsons or excuse me, Simpsons. I watched a little more Flowers since um, 
got these guys. You were just going to say you watched uh, The Simpsons. (laughs) Just watched it. I do like The Simpsons. He's fun. He's so fun to watch. Flowers, he's fun. He's fun. He is. He's very fun. Yeah. He's very funny. He's five nine. This is not a shot. This is not a shot at Bateman. You watch Flowers highlights, and you're more excited by what he could be than you were with Bateman. Like Bateman, you're like, I remember on draft night we drafted Bateman because you watch him. We watched him in the Big Ten, and you're just like, this guy feels like he just does everything well. Like he just kind of is super consistent across the board. Yep. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. Flowers feels like he gives you that little extra something that you know. And this is not a comparison to him, but like that, it, and he doesn't have the same speed, but like a Tyree kill gives you, where there's just like a little something extra there, but right. from an explosiveness and excitement perspective. Yeah. So it's you hope like that he brings that. Like a, like, but like then Spenny's on Twitter. It's like, he's like, yeah, like, he's like, yes, 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 yes. Or like you'd hope that like he becomes, yeah, yeah, Keenan McCarroll's a good comp. And then Spenny's not, then I'm, I get all excited. And then I'm, Spenny's like tweeting his Eddie Royal comparison for Zay Flowers. I'm like, well, I mean, Eddie Royal, Eddie Royal, Eddie Royal. was like exciting and fine and fun. But like, I, yeah. I saw that one today too. I and I was love, like, I would like my first round pick receiver to be better than Eddie Royal. I, I mean, yeah, I, no like, yeah. Eddie Royal. I think on, Eddie Spenny. Royal would probably say, I think Eddie Royal would probably say that. I mean, maybe, I mean, if he's a souped up Eddie Royal, that's a really good freaking player. Eddie Royal was a good player, but when you take a guy 24 overall, you're hoping that they give you a little more than Eddie Royal. Like I don't need Eddie Royal. Let's see what Eddie Royal's best year as a pro was. I can't believe I ever I, like his I best year was name eight times and and ninety one catches for nine eighty and five TDs as a rookie, and it never really got close to that after that. So, um, good nine year career for him though. Good punt yeah, there's for Eddie Royal. Uh, punt return and kick return. Yeah, he might have been a Pro Bowl as a returner. He did not. He had two career return touchdowns, two career punt return touchdowns, one career kickoff return touchdown. He was very electric the first couple of years for Denver. He was good. Um, and now we move. Now we move into this sort of second phase of free agency. Um, and as I kind of previewed off the top, it just wh- who is the veteran corner? Do they bring back Marcus Peters? Yagras Sin's been talked about a ton. Oh, one more thing on the draft. Shout out to. Um, Dante Dimas signing an undrafted free agency contract with the Ravens. Um, very cool story that he gets a chance um, to kind of do it at home. I hope that if he could get back to something resembling, and he he was starting to get there by the end of the season, he was showing a little bit more. But man, before he got hurt against Iowa a couple of years ago, he had everything: big, fast could run routes, could beat you over the top, could win contested catches. So, God, if he if he just – maybe he just needs a little more time because he wasn't all the way – he, you know, was a great leader at Maryland, but you could just watch him and he just didn't have all the explosiveness back during the year. I hope he can find it because he is a guy, a legitimate guy that if he gets all the way back as an injured free agent, that's a guy you want. Like, he's got more in the tank. I really hope it comes back for him. And in terms of this Ravens ride receiver room, he could make the team as like – the big, you know, kind of red zone thready type of guy that you put in certain situations. And no disrespect to James Rochet or Tylen Wallace, those guys aren't exactly, you know, have locked themselves into roster spots at this point in their career. I hope Demas makes the team as that last wide receiver um, and, and shows he can contribute on special teams. He's a great kid that everyone in the building at Maryland liked, and I hope that he gets a chance to succeed in the league. So had to throw him out there as well. Yeah, he was – I mean, he was – at that point in time, probably tracking to be your classic, um, you know, maybe 
second, third round pick, like at the at the start of the combine process, and then people would start to like find out more, and he'd blow up the combine and be like, next thing you know, he he he's getting picked twenty first overall. That's the type of track he seemed to be on for us, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was that that injury was such a kick in the dick too. It was because they were getting they were they were getting killed at that point, right? They were they were down. Uh, they 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 were down. They had scored. I think they were yeah, down they like twenty-one seven, bleeding a bit, and then that the Iowa then, answered. But like we were still moving the ball, where it was like, okay, we get something going here, where we can hang in the game and, and get the ball back in the second half to start it off and like stay in it. And then that happened, and it was very they had very, yeah. 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 I got mad. People were like, you have, <laughs> you have your best player on kickoff, blah blah blah, like returning kicks in a game like this, and it was. <laughs> Because that was wasn't that the I'm coming back wasn't that him on the on the card yeah like I'm coming yeah, back and the trainer like looked at him and was like yeah one of the assistant oh, trainers yeah 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 who's probably <laughs> reacting good. to some who was definitely not reacting that was probably reacting to something else but it's like on camera it looks so interesting <laughs> yeah like it was it was per, I gotta go watch that again that was just, um, it was so funny like freezing cold takes had tweeted it and was like uh, but no, but no God, I mean, I'm, even I'm, that he right, at dude. that point, it leading that game, he was leading the Big Ten and re- leading all Big Ten receivers in receiving yards. Like he was, I mean, he was a dude, like a dude, dude. So, and it's also fun. I think Eric Acosta, just for the content, it's just fun to have a turp in the mix on the Ravens, even if they're like the 53 per, 53rd person, like last person on the roster. They should just always kind of have a turp in the mix, have one on the practice squad. I think it just, I think people enjoy it. So, I'm glad that this is our first one in a while. Um, Since um, uh, Laquan Williams. Oh, yeah, Laquan Tory. Um, well, there was there was a good mix of uh, yeah, had Josh Wilson there for a little bit, but that was before Tory. So yeah. But most of these the guys that have come into the league lately, I've all have all, and I know everyone. It's so funny. Every time we've posted about, and none of these receivers got drafted in the process. But every time we post about our receivers, people would tag the Ravens and be like, don't don't miss this guy like Stefan Diggs. Like it's that's happened every mm-hmm. year for the last four years when we talk <laughs> about the draft. <laughs> people were tweeting that about Rakim Jarrett two years ago <laughs> before he was yeah. close to draft eligible. Who got like a he got like two hundred and fifty thousand guaranteed from Tampa in a rookie. Yeah, so. he got, he did well for, for undrafted Holy free agent. Uh we got we got uh Anthony Mitchell's kid too. So that's fun. Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. So we got that going. Very nice. You see you running back. Yep. Oh, I, oh, I saw somebody. Was, I didn't realize his name. I, was just I saw, saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw those highlights. It's. I mean, Jesus. I mean, people are just That's digging up. Shout, shout out to all of these. Um, you know, all the Ravens. You know, fan kind of Twitterish accounts that just dig up. You know, like. Look at this! Look at this undrafted free agent from School X. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I would have this guy. Know. Look at this guy's seven yard run for ECU against. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Against like yeah. against like Tulane. Um, yeah, against Grambling State. So shout out to those accounts because that's the only reason I'm seeing any of this stuff. Uh, but they all got they all a lot of them jumped onto the Demas highlights. So shout out for helping my engagement video views. Um. All right, let's um, move on real quick. I was getting into it. Um, 
Do you think they stick with Peters here, Banks? Do they bring Peters back, or do we another does another corner come to the fold? I think that's kind of the interesting. I mean, they'll probably do some other things, but that's really the remaining big piece is do they bring in a veteran? What veteran corner do they bring? Because it feels like they need to sign somebody. They definitely need to sign somebody. I I just it just doesn't seem like Marcus Peters is there's no smoke whatsoever. Like it just seems like that is done, which is a, is a shame. I mean, there was regression for sure after the injury and everything, and um, you know, he's not a spring chicken, uh, but his energy's great and I love him. You know, he's fun to have on the squad for a few years. And, uh, if that's the choice we, we go with, you know, I'm not going to be upset about it, but it definitely seems like it's Rocky sin. Um, we're just kind of waiting, holding our breath and seeing what's going to happen. So I don't know yet to be seen, but I, I definitely think that they're going to, they're going to make a move there probably sooner rather than later. Now that the, uh, the compensation pick uh, issues are are uh, cleared. Yeah, some some veterans now in a variety of different positions um, have the ability to be excited. It'd be interesting to see some more some of those guys go. But I agree, have to add a corner. Like we were on that, yeah, on that in that third round of that Friday show, we were so as I said, we were so stuck on corner because it was like they need to get somebody, they need to get somebody. Um, and now they definitely do because they did not. And even even if they pick someone in the third round, like there were some guys that Cole and Spen were excited about, probably still were going to bring in a veteran. Like you don't necessarily want to roll in with the 86 overall pick as your like guaranteed starter. And there are still young corners on the roster that they I think they hope like a Brandon Stevens, you know, take a step. Jalen Aubrey, you to take a step forward. Yeah, um, Pepe Williams, and, like there's a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a bunch. Like they've taken a ton of corners and hope that a couple of them would hit. So maybe they will, um, but I think you need some cover, and they'll they'll bring in somebody um, at some point. Really, a, just an exciting. It was been an exciting week. Like when we were on, that was such a fun little live show we did uh, after the Lamar signing. It just feels like the the vibes are very good in the city right now. Isn't it good to just talk ball again? Yeah, and just not yeah. be miserable and crying our soup every week. It's great. <laughs> we're back. It's great. It is great. It is great. I'm interested to see when Lamar will get trotted out in front of the media in Baltimore. I don't. Yeah, that, that's that's a weird one for me. Have the actual because I think there'll be some interesting come out either. I, I was so engrossed in the draft this week. I don't even. I realize how little Orioles I watched this weekend. Like when we were about to talk Orioles, I was like, God, I missed a lot of these games this weekend. Between all the some of the things I had to do. I saw something because someone had asked about that. I forget they asked, but someone was like, when are we going to find out the actual numbers? And they were like, well, again, since he doesn't have an agent to put that out, we have to wait for the Ravens to put out, or like the NFL PA to officially ratify the deal and stuff like that. So they were like, that could take a little longer than your traditional, you know. Oh, he doesn't have somebody to leak it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, like you know, an agent, your Rosenhaus would be like, oh, you know, we got five for – 220 whatever it was and it's like lamar doesn't have that again and you know they, so they were just like you have to officially wait for the league to ratify it and, and release it and stuff like that so i don't know how long that yeah. takes that will be very very interesting um but yeah it's very fun to just talk about the team in this context but i'm interested to see you know we've now had the you know eric cost has gone in front of the media these guys have gone in front of the media during the draft lamar has not stepped in front of you know the baltimore media conglomerate in a while i'm interested to see what answers he gives some of these questions his version of events the timeline when he felt like it could come together did odell beckham affect it did other guarantees they made about did they make other guarantees about personnel 
that would just be interesting to to watch him answer those questions because um, he's pretty unfiltered most of the time. So um, you would think he'll be pretty straight up and not give like you know kind of canned answers. But um, that I'm just interested to see that press conference. And I'm sure if you're a Ravens beat writer, you've wanted a shot at Lamar for a while. Not a shot like in a negative way, but you've wanted to get him in front of your mics. And that will be interesting to see what questions they go with. So. We we already got um the, the deep dive on how the deal got done. There was already that article done. You know, it was like the sponge a SpongeBob meme, a Celtics loss, and like a text message, and it was like that's what got the ball playing on on the Yeah, they said, you know, we could get the deal done, yeah. So. that's the that's like the I mean, that's right up that's Brian's alley with the, the those are up there with the like what happened with this team slash program. Like here's how it all went down in the locker room for that Brian. What was the one we were just talking about? The Bruins. I can't wait for the the inside story on how they decided to bench a Vesna Trophy winner in Game Seven. Oh, more to come on that. <laughs> yeah. the The last thing I'll say, and I said this last week a little bit on the show with Spenny had us on the live show. I loved, loved, loved that they had Lamar just announce it on a video in his car. Loved that. Loved everything about that. Loved everything about that. It was so Lamar. So good. Um, all right, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. You can get 20% off your Fed Thrill sunglasses using the promo code EXIT52. Um, we are getting into prime time Fed Thrill season. Sunglasses are going to be out wearing the O's games in the afternoon, in the early evening. It's a little chilly today, a little cloudy and chilly today. But um, I, I wore them on the cruise last week. There you go. See? Yeah. Bam. Swam with the Dolphins with my Fed Thrills on. We should have gotten that for imagery for advertising. That would have been – you could have been, been a model. I have it. So Wow. We'll, we'll, wow. we'll, we'll, that. we'll be we'll that, that will be a Friday post for sure. That <laughs> <laughs> Via Friday post. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put that in this in post. That would be so funny. Uh, love that. All right. Well, here's what we're doing. So speaking of your cruise, good transition if that's who you're planning on doing. Uh, Banks has had an affinity, and I think people know about this on this show, has had an affinity for daiquiris. It's been the year of the DAC, I don't know, four Since or five consecutive years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been on that train for a while. Baltimore doesn't have – we were talking about this before we started recording. Baltimore doesn't have an unbelievable uh, daiquiri repertoire. So Banks normally when he travels around finds good daiquiris. Cruz, you're obviously going to have some dacs on a cruise. Love that. Got us thinking. Starting five draft. Drinks. And not just alcoholic drinks. Any drink. Is on the table here. A wide open starting five draft as really there's ever been. Um, let me do the order here, really quick, fellas. Um, how would you rate your DAX uh, on the cruise banks? Let's let's get to that. Uh, the cruise, the, uh, the the DAX were excellent. Um, the first DAX of the trip happened at BWI at a little Zona Cucina. Not good at all. <laughs> subpar yeah, Zona Cucina. Subpar daiquiri beats just about anything anywhere. So, but the, yeah, the ones on the cruise were were excellent. Cannot say enough. 
about those decks, baby. Zona Casina just needs to come up with a better, better product. I told you a guy found a screw in his breakfast burrito. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have the first pick. Uh, RDT has the second pick. And Banks has the third pick in the drinks draft. Um, really a wide open draft, as I said. A number of things I could take here with the number one overall pick. But right when we, we decided on the topic, this is what I decided to take 1-1. Um, and I'm not wavering off of it. I am taking an Arnold Palmer with the number one overall pick. In the I didn't know you were love, an Arnie Palmy guy. Arnie Palmy. Love an Arnie. Love an Arnie Palmy. Love it out of the regular Arnold Palmer can. Love when there's an iced tea and a lemonade. Do the old uh, Arnold Palmer in the Sports Center commercial. A little bit of this, a little bit of that um, to mix it up. That was awesome. Uh, love a spike. Love this. Love a spike AP as well. Um, Versatile drink, great, you know, in the summer, great to just have with a lunch, just a, just a rock solid cornerstone of a franchise type of drink, in my opinion. So I'm taking an AP number one overall and respect to Mr. Palmer. The King. I, I, I love Chick-fil-A, um, their food and everything. It's great. Them just making an Arnold Palmer and calling it, what is it like a sunrise or a sunjoy? That's such bullshit. That is stolen guy <laughs> to the one millionth degree. That's not talked about enough. Like, that's pissing on Arnold Palmer's grave. I think it's very disrespectful to Chick-fil-A. So, just, I wanted to get that out there. Saw that on the menu this weekend, and fair, I was like, you Like, yeah, it, like, just, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, Mine, I'm just going to go with, like, a nice cold Coca-Cola out of the can. It's just, it, it, I, I, I don't have many vices. I don't drink, or I don't drink too much. I don't, I, you know, I'm a casual drinker. I don't smoke. I will, I could put down a 12 pack of Coke in a night. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I, I don't have any vices, but eject the soda into my veins. Yeah. Like, like if I could, I would, like I would, I would, can I get to like McDonald's fountain? And just let it flow. Um, yeah, I, it's just something about it. It's they're the best. Um, as I have one sitting right next to me. Just, I just, and I grew up in a Pepsi house too, so maybe it's like the forbidden fruit kind of thing. My mom is a, she's a big Pepsi lady, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so I grew up drinking Pepsi, and then you know when I got out of the house and like to college and all that, just just dove right head, head first into it, you know. Could not get enough of that Coca-Cola at college, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a good it. pick. I mean, I, I, it's a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of good picks, that is amazing. <laughs> that is a great picture. Yeah, I'll oh, save that for social oh, media. Yeah. yeah, we'll catch up on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am gonna take the strawberry daiquiri. I think it's just timeless. <laughs> it's simple. It's delicious um so refreshing uh i mean i strawberry flavored anything is kind of kind of a wheelhouse for me but um it's just kind of combines the best of both worlds it's cool it's refreshing it's got the booze in it um it's just so freaking good i could do with or without the whipped cream i mean either way you're a winner um so that's my pick it would be wrong of me not to 
It's a good pick. Thank you. And you have I a second one. I think we we we've gone we've gone around our all the world on daiquiris. I don't think we need much of a breakdown here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna take uh, high C ecto cooler here. It might be a little early for it, but I'm gonna just go out and get it because I figure it's gonna go off the board at some point. It's just an elite juice that is uh, gone to the wayside at this point, but um, it's just timeless. It's it's nostalgic, and uh, it's just the goat when it comes to those those beverages. There you have it. RDT. I don't have much to add there. Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't think high C. Yeah. I did not think high C would go this early, but good pick. There it is. Oh, it's good. It's, it's definitely a good pick. Um, I will go. I'm gonna go a lemonade. I love ice cold lemonade. Like middle of summer. Sure. Chick again. I bring it back up. Chick fil A has has probably the best restaurant lemonade out there i think it's not it's not too you know like you can go you could tell when you go to a place and it's just straight up uh um what am i thinking like over flavored syrup and it's just off of tropicana or you know some some what are the ones yeah, I've been yeah yeah man and they're always terrible and it's just you could just feel the diabetes coursing through your veins and like you can feel it caked onto your teeth the sugar the minute um, light is actually better than the minute made but continue I'm, I may have to dive into that and, and see. Uh, but, you know, that I, I I just love a good lemonade, especially like I know I just craft all over the sugar in it. But like a boardwalk fries lemonade where like you take a sip and then you bite down and you can like you can feel the sugar crunching in your <laughs> teeth. That's great, especially on the boardwalk or something like that. It's just oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, again, I, if I'm if I'm at Chick-fil-A in the morning, if I'm getting breakfast or something. I got you. You have to go lemonade. Little little bit of um, lemonade. So there's. I actually it just hits the spot. I actually like Chick Fil A's lemonade light better too. Haven't had it. I haven't had it. I'll try it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, they're both good. It's just one's a little less sweet, and it's just able to. You're able to just put down a little more of it. But there goes Eric again, just taking portions of other people's picks. Uh, no, lemonade is fully. That's an acceptable pick. I'm fine with that pick. There's a pattern. Thank I'm not. I don't you, have man. a problem with it. I'm just saying there's a pattern. Oh god. Um. There's a lot of different places I could go here. I, a lot of my top ones have stayed on the board. I, I'm gonna go with this. This might be a little bit caught in the moment. I'm gonna take an orange crush. Um. I love a good orange crush. I love fresh orange crush. I love that it's very related to the city. Um. I think they're so good. So they can obviously be bad, you know, some bad, there's some bad mixed ones, but um, when they're done right, they're really, really good. And I could drink like 500 of them in a row. So I'm going to take that. Um, And then where do I want to go here? I'll just keep getting drunk. I'm going to take a margarita. <laughs> keep getting drunk. You know, get partying. Give me a mark. Sing good to Myers come up on Friday. Sing good day drink us, they say LOL. <laughs> I'm gonna take a little mark. Give me some salt around the rim. Um, just absolutely crush a couple of those, get some tacos in, and we're just gonna party. Shoosh. Let me tell you what. Entertaining there's, stuff. There's entertaining no, stuff here from a 31 year old guy. 
is there UFC or boxing on this weekend for the usually like the Cinco de Mayo has the uh, there is Derby Henry Cejudo Henry Cejudo Alton Sterling is UFC on Saturday night. Not a big normally there's a big boxing match. I don't think boxing has anything. This well, your boy was two weeks ago or last week. So my boy, um, Canelo might fight this Saturday. Actually, hold on, that might make sense. When is Canelo fighting? This is Canelo's day. Like Canelo, Canelo's the Cinco de Mayo guy. Um, <laughs> Why he? He just is. He's fought on Cinco de Mayo for <laughs> like five or six years. I know. Don't, don't, come on. Don't, don't, no, I'm not getting caught. I think you walked right into it. I don't know. I know, okay. but I'm, I'm going to get proven right here. Yeah. He's facing, he's facing John Ryder in Guadalajara at Estadio Akron. Um, against John Ryder. He uh, fought Dimitri Bivol. On uh, in 2022 on Cinco de Mayo weekend, fought Billy Joe Saunders on Cinco de Mayo weekend 2021. Couldn't in 2020. Did it in 2019. Did it in 2017. Did it in 2016. Did it in 2015. Did it in 2014. This is actually kind of wild now. Did it in 2012 against Shane Mosley. Did it in 2011 against Matthew Hatton. So he's the king of Cinco de Mayo. Canelo de Mayo. Get an argument out of me. No, I, I, yeah, yeah. So give me a mark. Mark slap. Really good marks. Absolutely they slap. They do. Also, I will say, growing up, like whenever you would go to like a happy hour, like a party, like in the neighborhood or with your parents or whatever, and they had the like lime green buckets of the, the like mix, <laughs> I, I just remember being like, this looks so good. Like, I can't wait <laughs> to drink this. Like, Again, being like 11 years old and being like, I can't have that, but it looks awesome. Like, I can't. I don't think I ever had one out of that type of thing. Oh, absolutely not. But margaritas, are they're as good as I thought they would be when I was like 14. Like, they live up. They live up. I I like a good margarita. I don't drink tequila. Like, I I won't do like tequila shots or something, but I, I will put down some margaritas. Chips and when death. I oh. taste tequila, baby, I still see ya. Cutting off the sure. floor in a Sorota t-shirt. What a not even phased by this. <laughs> Heard that one a lot of times. Uh, Banks, <laughs> you have a. Is it you me? Have a, no, sorry, RDT. Sorry, RDT. No. Sorry, 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 RDT. My bad. <clears throat> RDT for one. This may this may be a pick that upsets you guys, um, but I have to take it. Doing a pain in the ass from secrets. Okay. Throw the floater in there if you want. Okay. I just didn't know again if that was stolen valor from from you two, but they're just they're, they're so good. There's something That's about not like, value. I don't think we claim secrets any more than you have it. Well, no, but again, you guys are that you guys have, you know, the uh, the ties to Ocean City. You know, I'm just uh, I'm. I think it's you know, I think that's a I'm super a fair game pick. Okay. Well, I'm not paying taxes. I'm ta- I was taking it regardless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Taking it regardless. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, do me and Dex's family have, have property there? Sure. But I mean, what, what do you want? Do we, want? <laughs> you know, we, um, I don't know. There's just something about the first one. You're standing in like the mildly warm bay water up to your knees, like floaters everywhere, fed thrill sunglasses, like just all over the, all over the oh, bay. Wait, that's, by the way, yeah. Fed, Fed throw sunglasses should be 
in this scenario, but not just associated with this scenario as from a branding standpoint. All right, we'll we'll, we'll meet. We that. want we'll this. That. We want this. We want this photo. We want this photo of Banks <laughs> in the freaking with this freaking dolphin. This we want this associated with the Bethel <laughs> experience right there. Oh, there's more. I don't have them on my phone. I cannot wait. But I cannot wait. We'll get him. We'll get him from. We'll get him from the friend, the the lady friend. Um, yep. but yeah, paint, paint and gas. Throw a floater in there. Um. <laughs> They're just they're delicious every single time. Every good time. pick, good local pick. I like I like the pick. Um, Banks two. I am gonna take cream soda. I'm taking specifically A and W sparkling vanilla cream soda. One of my favorites as a kid. Still one of my favorites. Um, have a similar pick I could have made, but it's just a little bit in line with one of your picks, so I'm just gonna leave it. Um, but cream soda is just excellent. It's so good. So good. Nothing. I've never been a big, I've just never been a big cream soda guy. I never have. It's just never something that's resonated with me. There Um, are some bad, there are two out there. There are two specific drinks that a ton of people love that I have no issue with. I've just never, no three that I've just never liked. And I will name them after you get. Okay. There you go. Uh, you have a second, Banks. You have anything to add on cream soda, RET? I'm I've had it again. I'm with you, where I've never. I don't I don't go out of my way to drink it, but like if I was at like a place in there on a fountain, I'd fill my cup up, get some, and then go to whatever I was going to next. All right, I'm gonna try to solicit another partner here uh, for the millionth time. I'm gonna take loose cannon here. <laughs> I gotta do it. Heavy Seas, talk like to me. Cannons. At some point, I was talking to Heavy Seas. They had their social media guy. If you remember, their social media game was went a little side, like haywire in a good way. Like got really interesting and fun for like six months, and then it stopped. Mm-hmm. They had a guy in there who was, you know, running a little free and loose and having fun with it. And we were talking, and we may have had something going in the mix potentially, and then poof, he was done there. So. It's one of those ones that got away. But happens to the anybody sponsor, at Heavy Seas, reach out. The DMs are extremely uh, open. you. Love that. Loose cannons are good. They're great. They're, you know what my favorite loose cannons are? The top, the, the second floor of pickles. I don't care where. I'll drink them anywhere. Just, really. Didn't we pregame Bobby's first, wedding with Duncan? first 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 Probably. beer also comes at at ten at number ten in the draft, which is wild. Yep. Well, they're like running backs; uh, you can get them anywhere now. Like, yeah, it's a honestly a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. RDT. Um, I'm gonna go uh, nostalgia factor Capri Sun Wild Cherry, Wild Cherry Capri okay. Sun. Okay. Not my flavor of choice, but. Love a good Capri Sun. Yeah. Again, you want to talk about something that I would have no problem putting down a full box of a Capri Mm. Sun. Love. I mean, we're punching straws. We're just we're going a mile a minute. And then when you're done, you're blowing the 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 container back up, and then you're you're stomping on it and shooting the straw out. 
you know, again, at your T-ball or at, at your game or at your, you know, <laughs> after your basketball game or something like that, soccer game, picnic, school function, anything like that. So it's a classic. It's like a classic um, cafeteria drink. I feel like in middle school, you grew out of it, I guess, in probably right around high school, going into high school. I think high school is like the part where, you, yeah, it kind of stops. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that's when you have nothing the more devastating. Cool. Nothing more devastating than than accidentally punching the back out of a Capri Punching Sun. through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Then, yeah. So bad. From the Such other a devastating. Such a devastating thing to do as a kid. Devastating. Well, then Horrible. there was always a kid. At, there was always a kid at school who would stick to straw bottom and be like, "Oh, it's easier this way." Like, all yeah, right, yeah. That, like, can I tell you what? That kid never did anything in life. Whoever those kids are, those kids are all on no fly zone like lists, and they those are the kids <laughs> who wore the like cookies and cream or cookie cookie monster pajama pants. I'll give you one dollar if you can guess where those kids grew up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll give you our listener base. <laughs> I got to keep my hat on a swivel when I'm there. Yeah, you really do. You really they do. Pr- you they probably hated our. They probably hated Spenny's uh, Lamar Jackson signing emergency presser. Couldn't have liked it. Um. All right, I have to finish off my team. I'm in a tough, I'm in a tough spot. I I've gone a lot, you know. I've I'm hammered right now, and the question is like, how do I, you know, how do I don't need to get hammered anymore? I don't think I need to stay away from the alcohol. I've I've, I've drank too much, and so to do that, I'm gonna go with two things here, and I think these are gonna be considered drinks. But I'm interested to see what you guys say. I'm going to go first with a chocolate milkshake. Yeah. And then I'm going to go second with a strawberry banana smoothie. Interesting. Yeah, I'm fine with those. Those were on with those. I think that I would – if milkshakes wouldn't make me 400 pounds, I would just hammer milkshakes all the time. I would hammer milkshakes and all you the j- time. And you just mm-hmm. can't do it because oh. it's so detrimental to your health in every single possible way. And uh, if I was like Michael Phelps or something and I swam 400 miles a day, I would oh. all I would eat is milkshakes. I know I would not like look like an absolute clown, but <clears throat> I would put myself in a body bag if I did that. But I love them. And on the other side, I love a good healthy smoothie. And strawberry bananas is just always my favorite. I've always loved strawberry banana yogurt. I always love strawberry banana anything. So I'm going to get that on my team. That's a nostalgic pick for myself. I've left a couple things on the table here that I'm upset to leave on the table. I wish I had more picks in this draft, but what can you do? These are the these are the constraints of what we've done. So I'm going to take that and um, get those in the honorable mention. Um, and I love my team. Um, RDT, unless you guys have any comment on either of those picks, but those feel pretty self-explanatory. You guys I, have I, favorite I've, milkshake or smoothies? Chick-fil-A, uh, cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. I I oh, McDonald's yeah, yeah. tried to take McDonald's tried to take after Chick-fil-A by doing the whole like bubble top with the whipped cream on it and everything. And I kind of like their OG milkshake better. That's just with the, the regular ass lid. They're strawberry. The mm-hmm. McDonald's one? hundred yeah, percent. 
They yeah. had the chocolate milkshake, which is in the normal cup for McDonald's, was a banger. Like a banger. I don't know why yeah. they tried to dress it up. Just do what you do, McDonald's. Just yeah. you don't have to be everybody yeah. else. Just do McDonald's. It's now it's a Mc, it's McCafe that makes it now. Like, come on. Yeah, so, yeah. I looked, I looked at the McCafe offerings last week at one point, and it's a little <laughs> too. It's just a little too whatever for McDonald's. Just give me nuts and bolts stuff, McDonald's. I don't need you to be. You're not Starbucks, your ball, man. You're yeah. Just yeah. Throw it a hundred down the middle and see if they can hit it. Don't try to like you know, dice with, with, with curveballs and off speed. Just like, give me, give me what I want. Just give me what I want. McDonald's. I want to go. I want to get a big Mac. I want to get a giant Coke and I want to get a giant thing of fries. And I want to just get a bring back a the regular size. Yes. Yes. People make their own choices. If they want to eat bad food, that's on them. Throw the fastball, sure. baby. <laughs> I'm going to get sponsored by the FDA anytime soon. Um, RDT, your last pick of the draft. Yoo-hoo. Nice glass Mm. bottle Yoo-hoo. Oh, again, like, I I don't drink them too often, but, you know, every now and then I'll get a gas station and I'll see one and I'll just be like, yes, I, I need it. And I know it's not chocolate milk. Because I don't, I don't drink milk until my fantastic body and bone structure that I don't drink milk. Um, the chocolate water, it's just, it's unbelievable. You got, I mean, I shake it up a minimum of 10 or 15 minutes before I even think about opening it. I'm driving home, shaking it, and then I'm drinking it when I get in the driveway. They're just, they're, I think they are so good. They are, they are, I love, I have a good, a nice cold is just, ah, oh, it hits so different. I just would I rather think, drink chocolate milk. I agree. I agree. Man, this is this has always been my separation with Yuhu. This is where I've never understood Yuhu, to be honest. Yuhu is good though. I, I appreciate Yuhu. No, no, no. I don't dis- I don't I'm the show fine with Yuhu. I'm fine with Yuhu. I just just give me chocolate milk. I, I that's just what I would want. But You're no, I mean people are upset. Strawberry right. nest quick. Oh yeah. Is that your pick? No, it's not my pick, but <laughs> but it, it, it is very close to being my pick, but it's not going to be my pick. Okay, that's your honorable mention. What's your pick? And then we'll get to the honorable mention. There's a lot to discuss here. Okay, I'm taking X-Factor Lemon Lime plus Strawberry Gatorade. It's sensational the pick. Gatorade flavor. Sensa- yep. It is. Yeah. Sensational pick. And I've, I've been trying to find a period. It's a sensational pick. It was on my board. It's a, it's. I was hoping no one would take it because – I just wanted, wanted to, be able to, to get the it. pop off. But I'm yeah. can I say that though? Can I say that though? I'm glad that it's in the draft. I'm so glad. If I couldn't have it, I'm glad somebody I'm glad I'm just happy they're on somebody's team because it's so there's yeah, it, it needs to be picked. There's plenty of good Gatorade flavors out there, but that one is head and shoulders above the rest. It's the goat and it it it's really not in circulation anymore. I think there's still No, it's not. I try to find it all the time. There's a Yeah, they don't make it. For a while, that it was still out in the wild. If it was part of a Costco pack, but I, I don't think it's in there anymore. Even which is tragic. It's criminal. Even Gatorade. Let here they tweeted this in 2017. Lemon ice was discontinued. X Factor lemon lemon strawberry now called Fierce is available in club store variety packs. So that's what you're talking about. 
That's yeah, they did change. They took off the X Factor, but it was still a fierce under under the fierce brand. If we can find this somewhere, we should just order as a group. This stuff was so look like I my lacrosse playing career ended in the on the fresh soft team at Calvert Hall. And my dying memory from not dying memory, my memory from that team <laughs> was always going every Saturday morning before the 8 a.m. practice to the Exxon station next to or after the 8 a.m. practice to the Exxon station with my brother who was a manager, my dad, and I would get two X Factor Gatorades and drink them after practice. So good. So good. Such a good pick. Such a good pick. One of the goat drinks ever. Ever. So glad it's on a team. So glad. It couldn't be more happy. Did you ever have it, RDT? I, I don't know if I had that flavor. I had an X Factor flavor, but it was like the fruit punch and something. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but I used to get them in like the. It's like fruit punch plus I berry, mean, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a little weird. Yeah, it was like really. a massive, it's like a 1.75 liter. Like it was like a handle. Buy now at Instacart. Where am I getting Stop. this from Instacart? Uh, this is live research. <laughs> No way. They were they were they were delicious. I don't Gatorade know what was thir- different. So, but- so I think so. So here's the thing, guys. I think they're still at the clubs. BJ's has them. Costco has them. Wait a minute. Wegmans. Mm. Food Lion. All right. I, we have a show to do. I'm gonna do some more research we, on this afterward. But we should yeah. look into this because <laughs> I, it won't be in those. See the stores. one the one thing about it though. The one thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> some free advertising. One thing about it with those 32 ounce X Factor. Bottles were just ah, oh, just heavenly, heavenly. <laughs> what an awesome pick to have the draft! Such a good pick. I didn't really like Banks's team at all, but he brought me back along with that one. <laughs> That's my team. Just because, just because it was a lot of drinks, I don't really drink. But God, is that a good? God, is that a good, good depth? AKA, That's, there was no booze really, except for Scannon. That's what they're trying to say. Well, no, he had daiquiri too. I was fine with the lack yeah, of booze. Yeah. Um, all right, I took let's get to that. I'll mention here. I, I took Arnold Palmer, Orange Crush, Margarita, Chocolate Milkshake, Strawberry, Banana Smoothie. RDT takes Coca Cola out of a can. I would have taken, Co- I just gave you Coke. I didn't want to take Coke again. I would have taken a McDonald's Coke, but what can you do? I, I figured um, that was chalk. That could have been, yeah, chalk. lemonade, pain in the ass, uh, Capri Sun, Wild Cherry, and a Yoohoo. Uh, Bank Steak, Strawberry, Daiquiri, High C Echo Cooler. Was that the flavor name? Ecto Cooler. Ecto. Ecto, sorry. Um, the cream soda AW sparkling vanilla cream is correct, right? Want to make sure we're yes, it's close enough. Yeah, loose cannon, <laughs> loose cannon, and strawberry lemon lime X factor. Um, I'm upset to leave Red Bull uh vodka smoothie on the table from uh <laughs> from um stalking horse it's tough to leave that uh, out there i really 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 want to it's it's a niche it's pick and i just didn't feel like it applied but i if i have another pick in this draft i'm absolutely taking that so RBV good slushies upstairs rbv slush they still have them i they still have the slushy machines over there, but they don't taste the same as when you're in stalking horse when they're blowing the smoke in the top floor and you're just banging back slushies. Boy, do those do a number on you. I, those are probably kill me now. <laughs> so good. So I just want to get that out. You guys go ahead. I just need to get that out first. Floor is yours. 
I'll give it to you. I, uh, I'm not big on orange in general, but my one thing I do like, and it may not technically be, it may be just be a citrus drink, but Sunny D. I like a good Sunny D. So um, I'll put that I never one out took there. totally to Sunny D. I didn't either. Sunny Delight. Oh, by the way, the two uh, other the two other drinks that I was going to say, sir, I'll say this real quick because I mentioned it. The two drinks that I don't drink that people love, Dr. Pepper, I've never really understood. Oh, it's fascination. Delicious. It's good. Like and it. coffee. I've just never yeah, been a yeah. coffee guy. People swear by coffee. I don't like coffee at all. Yeah, not for me. Not for me. Um, Any other honorable mentions? Uh, I got I, I got a root beer. Again, a, a cool root beer, good. like a nice root beer, I think is up there. Um the original lemon propel flavors. I don't know if you ever remember drinking those. Mm, those kiwi are like strawberry. Coolest thing I've ever drank in my life. I don't <laughs> know what kind of banged. That's a really good answer. The propels awesome. are very good. They were on my board for kiwi strawberry. Yeah, they're in the berry, the wild berry one or the berry one or whatever it was. That was yeah, really good too. Berry. Yeah, the lemon though. The lemon was awesome. Like the lemon. I don't know. It was it was it was like that that limitless pill. I felt like when you took it, like you were just like I can I can see things so clearly and like I don't know. It was just so goddamn good. Um, I had those two. Um, Give a shout out to yeah, all sport, all sport lemon lime. Wow, that's a throwback answer. It's a little bit of a, a carbonated <laughs> lemon lime drink. Gatorade. Also, just by itself, fruit punch Gatorade by by itself. Cool there's a bunch of Gatorade flavors. Yeah, there's a bunch of Gatorade yeah, flavors that can apply here. Specifically, the Blue Powerade from McDonald's is a banger. Um, cool Blue out of the uh, the the uh, top the nipple sports drink nipple is preferable mm. on that one. Yeah, that flavor I think that's specifically. A, I think that's a really good call. Remember Gatorade Tiger? Yeah. <laughs> remember he had his he had his own he had his own Gatorade. I remember bottles. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple oh. like standard ones. By the way, this is gonna set people oh. like, just a good glass of water can be. Mm-hmm. As I good thought as about glass. taking water. I'm yeah, yeah. Down the hatch. N- uh, night night of drinking, night of drinking, Mountain or du- like in the morning. Mountain Dew oh. Baja Blast. I I should have taken that. Mm. I was never big on that. People swear by that. Yeah, mm. I'm not. Um, we this is clearly not a big energy drink group. People love energy drinks. We do not take any energy drinks. I, I mean, I drink uh, I drink a Celsius every day. Like I, I drink a wild berry Celsius every day. You should drink. I don't uh, get energy from them. Blue, Same thing with Red Bull. I've never... I thought about I thought about throwing like high noon in there. I thought about throwing, like, no, me neither. And then like uh, like I love good you know cheap light beer, a Miller Light, a uh, a Coors Light. That stuff. I, there's a bunch of beers. There's a bunch of also Bud better Light. beers I could have thrown there, but I just was like, I, I there's taking a beer. Tons of whiskeys I could have taken just on the rocks or something with a big ice cube. Like, but sure. there's so many of them. And if you want to get to spe- specific, you're just gonna start naming stuff that you hardly ever pay for. Like, yeah, just mm. mad expensive shit. I thought about throwing a Jack and Coke in there. Um, Ginger ale like in an Sprint. airplane. Oh, ginger ale, really good. Yeah, always get ginger ale on an airplane. Yep, yep. Do you like Schweppes? Do you like Canada Dry? Canada Dry. 
Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Oh, my parents uh, always sure. used to I... have the little glass cans of Canada Dry, like the green mm-hmm. cans. Yeah. I had um, Shirley Temple on my board. Oh, Ooh. man. That's a... people like Shirley Temple. We... I've never been a big Shirley Temple guy, but. Mm, it's good. And, I oh, my. Besides the the slushy RBV, uh, freckled lemonade from Red Robin Ooh. was my other yeah, my other yeah. pick that Ooh. was a good, I was thinking about taking. So good, absolutely so slaps. good. They had a That's cherry a limeade one. there as well. That's a good. That's one. a low. Let me um, can I say something? Red Robin knows we, what they're doing. They, they Red Robin. I think we've had off. this conversation <laughs> offline before. Yeah, I hope we've had Red it on the pod before, so people have been enlightened. I love Red Robin. The Red Robin next yeah. to Calvert Hall. It's still cooking. Robin. Yep. Me and my brother yeah, went man. there for our birthday um, by like by ourselves. <laughs> in January. Nice. So good. Back re- real quick. One last one last note on Shirley Temples. My friend in seventh grade, we went to David Briggs' bar mitzvah. The night that Willis McGay he fucked up his knee. We oh. drank the bartender out of Grenady. We all we like we Fuck drank yeah. nothing but Shirley Temples. I think I had 14 that night and like we were keeping count. We were like close to a hundred between like a group of like seven or eight of us. It was incredible. We were like, we literally drank them out of grenadine. They're like, we can't make these anymore. There's just a bunch of kids hopped up on grenadine and a bunch of dads huddled around the TV at the bar, just watching Willis McGahee's knee explode backwards. What a night. I'll never forget. Also throw out their Bentley's, uh, Irish trash can. The buckets at um, Mackey's. <laughs> I I was gonna say. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, uh, some I deep, can't do some deep Eddie. Anymore. Little deep Eddie. Oh, a little deep Eddie and water on the boat, or a little uh, soda, just to just to give a little. Buy more deep Eddie. We did not buy enough deep Eddie for the one Fourth of July we bash. You and I went. We you never and I went enough. got. Went and got the like last deep Eddie, and we should have got more. We really got a bunch of bottles. Such I was a like, good this will be more It was done in like an hour. Um, yeah. Send us in your send us in ones we might have missed, listeners. This we is a, this is what we could have done a hundred rounds on. Yeah, we should have done. I mean, this is back to our things to drink out of. We should have picked the mug from Infield Fest. But anyways, that's coming up. I need to get my tickets. Are you going, Banks? Yeah, you Are you going to? Yeah, I got a Are you going? ticket this year. Oh, wow. Very nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. Nick Kinner Medley, uh, Maryland Person of the Week um, here on May 1st as we head into May. Um, RDT. I think we talked about it on the stream a little bit on Thursday. Um, I'm going. I'm going. We're going to pay our respect to Jerry Springer. Because he was a legend. Sure. Um, yep. And again, I, I can't remember if I told you there people. My dad's college roommate ended up being his legal representation and like contract. He worked for 30 Rock and NBC. So my dad's college roommate, who we became really good friends with, was basically his lawyer. And was like hmm. when Springer did like Dancing with the Stars, he was one. He was at like a bunch of people. He was at the tables like for the tapings and all that stuff. And he used to send my brother like gift from from Jerry every year for his birthday. So like November 9th would roll around and there's just a massive package like sent from 30, you know, from 30 Rock or Stanford, Connecticut or wherever they taped. And it was just like it was like Jerry Springer talking doll, Bobhead, 
like shirts, posters, everything was signed. It was so like got him tickets and backstage passes and all that. And, you know, so my dad and my brother are sitting like middle of the crowd next to Jerry and we have these screen caps of it. It's, it's just very funny. Um, and some cool stories that like came out about him after he died. Um, like you know, he, did a, he did a funny one on PMT a couple years ago talking about how he was getting ready to piss at a urinal at a Browns game. And like the 500 people behind him in line started chanting like Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And he was talking like, I already have trouble peeing in public. Like I don't need 500 people chanting my name while I'm trying to piss. So it was pretty. He he said he turned around like midstream and was like, "I'll be right with you." <laughs> and so it was pretty funny. He seemed again. He seemed like an awesome guy. Like all the stories I've told and that my brother and dad told me. So that was a sad one. That seemed that caught a lot of people guard. I feel like and and you know it was it was neat to see how social media because I feel like people just relate him to like trash TV, which is what he's known for. Um, but the, all the all the good stories that came out and how nice he was and stuff like that, I thought I think those are always neat to see. And again, I mean, it was he's a part of everyone's middle school, high school childhood when you didn't go to school or you're in college, hungover, like and you straight AM or whatever, and you're just flipping through and you're like, ah, I could watch I could watch Jerry for another hour or two. So he was a legend. R.I.P. to Jerry Springer. Yeah, former uh, former mayor of Cincinnati too. Yeah, people forget that. Yeah. Thanks. Seven. Game sevens, baby. I love game sevens. Especially when certain teams are the best they've ever been in a sport and they fall flat on their face. What was it, two oh. weeks ago we had this conversation? Mm-hmm. I called yeah, my shot you said you were lot. excited to watch. You called your shot on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unbelievable. That was awesome. And it wasn't just that one. I mean, Steph Curry going the fuck off. Um, as we were starting this podcast, I was watching the third period here of Devils Rangers, and it got physical AF. Timo Meyer got absolutely railroaded. Um, don't know if I've seen a hit as hard as uh, since like Paul Correa, Scott Stevens, like 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> Like, it was that hard of a hit. OV and um, Yager in the Olympics? Yeah, like Tom Wilson and that Islander that got run off the tracks behind the goal. Like, phew. You, you'll see. You just look around a little bit, and you'll find it. Um, but, yeah, just great drama. Just watching everybody get puckered, watching the Bruins and having their hearts ripped out of their chest. Oh, ah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Two good picks by you guys. That was an amazing moment when Florida won that game last night. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it was crazy. Ah! Ah! Yeah. Ooh. I'm, I'm uh, scoring there. And just to put send it to overtime was awesome. And they were mm-hmm. just better in the OT. And God, that was we, – we've talked about this a little bit in different times. That was an all-time tense crowd. That crowd could feel it pucker. so much. So the pucker, it was tight unbelievable like they were barely making a noise making noise during the during the period except like on a save or like they, they weren't like genuinely getting excited that was and then they lose they the celtics lose tonight in embarrassing final <laughs> two minutes to, to the sixers so t- what a shame tough 24 hours for the boston people a lot of strife a lot of strife yeah um 
I had a little thought today. We, we knew we were going to record this tonight, and I was doing some research last night and then this morning on this specific thing. Um, and it was like, I'm getting in that mode, and partly it's because of how one particular team performed this weekend. We're getting into like college baseball, regional type of mode. I was like looking through the RPI all, like for like an hour today. The Terps roasted Indiana this weekend, statement series win, top of the Big Ten. Very happy for them. But just in general, we're getting towards the like college baseballs on TV more. You know, co- conference tournaments here a few weeks away, then regional weekend, and then you kind of get through supers. I, just one of the best college sports times of the year. You also have softball and lacrosse that I also like. Um, but I love college baseball, love the road to the postseason, love how many different one of my favorite parts of baseball is just how many programs of different sort of like because it, it makes it sort of like basketball of different ilk. Northeastern is ranked 25th in the rankings this week. UConn is ranked number nine. Cal State Fullerton is back after being in the wilderness for a few years. The Terps are in there. And then you have all your traditional powers um, that pop in and out. South Carolina's back. Vandy's really good. Kentucky's got a really good team. LSU's been number one like all year. Wake is unbelievable. Cannot wait for it. Regional weekend's one of the best weekends of the year. Banks, I speak for him. He also believes um, that statement. So very excited. Terps are trending towards being there. Probably won't be a host unless they do something really, really special, but um, certainly will be in there with a very exciting offense. And they have eight home games coming up in the next two weeks. So if you want to go down and see them, um, hopefully the weather's nice. Go out. Easy ticket. Take your kids if you have them. If you don't, go down anyway. Yeah, like you mentioned it there briefly, but they had the kind of week that got them maybe back onto the radar, potentially finishing strong and getting a regional spot there, which was such a cool experience last year. So fingers crossed there. They never seem to to pull through. And I don't know if their roster construction is such that will allow them to thrive in Omaha at the Big Ten tournament, but you never know. Hopefully they do. So we'll see. They are banging the baseball right now. Absolutely bad. Yeah. They scored 83 runs, 83 runs in five games this week. Ridiculous. Yeah. Shout out to our guy, former guest on this show, whole coaching staff, but hitting coach, Mr. Matt Swope. They're doing a hell of a job down there. So pitching came around this weekend a little bit too. So I know they've been waiting for that to come together. Um, some really good starters. So very excited for that. Any honorable mentions? I'm going to throw out a super weird one. I was – at various times, this will help me is just being even more of a weirdo than this listener base already knows that I am. I at various times will get into like boxing, old boxing deep dives on YouTube and like watch little segments of the old HBO broadcast. And I stumbled onto Hasim Rahman versus Lennox Lewis one from 2001. The hematoma. I, well, that's the set. That's when he fought Evander Holyfield. He That's fights right, yeah. Lennox Lewis and knocks Lennox Lewis out for the heavyweight title. And it's like one of the lamp, Jim Lampley on the broadcast, like this is one of the four biggest upsets in heavyweight history, whatever. He's a Baltimore guy. That's where it re- is relevant for this show. After that, when I was in first grade, he came to our school, the Odyssey school. We had like 50 kids in there, a bunch of dyslexic kids. And we all got to shake his hand and his <laughs> hand was huge. I remember shaking his hand as like a seven-year-old. Um, and they were like, oh, this is the new heavyweight champion. So that is my memory with it. But he's so he's so happy in the interview. It was just making me smile. He was like, shout out to Baltimore. Like, love my city. Love all the people in Maryland. It was just, like, very cool. To, I was like, if this happened now, like, the social media era, 
in like a just a you know a journeyman heavyweight from Baltimore knocked out like the best heavyweight in the world. That would be so sick. Um, and so I was like, God, this would have been great in social media. Like we would have we would have had this guy on the pod. We'd have had him on the pod. I see Rockwell. We should try to get him on. Um, sure. So I thought sure. that was I cool. So I just wanted to. Ma- I was I was like I'm going to mention that on the pod this week because I was like that was like. But that's a, like a hell of a Baltimore moment. Like individual athletes from Baltimore. Guy was the heavyweight champion of the world, knocked out Lennox Lewis. Got knocked out pretty easily in the second fight, but he'll always have that. <laughs> so, and then he did have the hematoma. The hematoma against Holyfield is then what comes up after that. I will never forget seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the like the original hematoma. And then we've there have been a couple MMA ones that have happened last like six or seven years that I can remember. But uh, yeah, that's when it was. Oh, that that stuff that stuff's ugly, awful. Well, gents, unless you have a dead or alive at the ready banks, I think we can finish it up on that. Uh, I have two percent battery on my laptop, and my charger's not in the room, so we should probably wrap it up. But uh, rally fingers, I'll just throw I'll throw out rally fingers. Alive, uh, dead. He's alive. All right, good show. And there it is. There it is. Uh, follow us on social media at Barstool Banks at E D I T T I 22. You can follow me at Taylor Smith 10. You can follow yeah. Spenny at Ravens 4, the number four dummies. You can follow Jake Luke at G- the name Jake and then L O U Q U E. You can follow us at Exit 52 Podcast on all of our social media platforms. Fed Thrill, Jimmy Seafood, um, Black Eyed Susan Spices, um, Thread Level Midnight. Thank you for everyone that watched and ever all the guests that came onto the live show last uh, Thursday and Friday. That was amazing. We're excited to continue to do things like that. Um, the interaction was great. The comments, people on the you know the entire time, very very fun. Can't wait to do something like that again. We're gonna do. I was already teased. teased. We're gonna do some, some of that with some Orioles games on some weekdays coming down here during the summer um, once we figure that out. So be on the lookout for that, and we will see you next time on the Exit Fifty Two podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. <laughs>